Hi, I'm Jen Drummond. Welcome to Seek Your Summit. As a mom, a business owner, and the first female to climb the seven second summits, I realize that the mountains we climb are a part of our success. And it is up to us to go beyond that success into a life of significance. Listen in as I share personal stories and interview others who have led a life of both success and significance, and now they are paying it forward. Friends, yes, so I have my friend Greg Morrissey on the podcast today. Greg and I met over a year ago. He, at the time we met, was a lacrosse coach and a literature teacher, and he was starting this thing called the Mountain Goat Movement. Since then, he has been able to leave those other two positions and go full-time into this pursuit. So I'm so excited to share what he's up to, what this movement does, and how we can be a part of it. Wow. Thank you so much, Jen. I really appreciate the kind introduction. Yes, right. We met from Alan Arnett. So anybody who's into mountaineering knows that Alan Arnett is kind of the grandfather of the industry and keeps everybody in the loop of everything that's going on and helps you vet climbing companies, put together climbing plans and keeps you in the loop on what's happening on those 8,000 meter peaks. Yes, he is a great guy, great leader, great mentor. Um, And like you said, the go-to person for all things mountaineering. Yes, I love Alan. Like I still call on him for different ideas and things like that. So talk to me about... I mean, I kind of feel like something in eighth grade might have been the start of this whole mountain goat movement. So let's get back to these way beginning roots that might have planted the seed for where we're at today. Sure. So um, I was born and raised in New Jersey, um, and I've spent most of my life in Jersey City, which is kind of the furthest place from the outdoors, from the mountains, um, right across from the World Trade Center. So very urban environment. But I grew up doing Boy Scouts. And in eighth grade, um, as part of a scouting tradition, my dad led our troop on a backpacking trek through New Mexico uh, called Philmont. And it was two weeks in the backcountry. And that kind of totally changed my mind and and my life in the sense that, you know, I got to experience the outdoors in the most real way. And, you know, it's funny looking back now as an adult and seeing where the trajectory of my life has gone in terms of education, exploration, and adventure. And I pinpoint that trek um, from years and years ago as a source of inspiration for what I do now. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Now, is your dad still alive? Yes, he is. Yes. Um, Has he been on any expedition that you've led now and he's a participant? (laughs) Yes. Last year, we went to Switzerland and we did a a week of ski touring um, and cross-country skiing. And my dad was a part of that. It wasn't really an expedition per se, but more of a week of, of outdoor uh, touring, which was awesome. But uh, yeah, and my dad's actually joining our trip to Antarctica uh, next December as well. Um, so he's, he's played a pivotal role in my life in terms of, you know, getting me outside and exposing me to the larger world of adventure and exploration. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay, so you, that started in eighth grade, but you lived in this urban area. How did you get your outdoor fix like during the years before this all started? Yeah. So I, I think, you know, New Jersey is nice because it's it's situated, you know, at the gates of so many incredible parks. Um, believe it or not, there are, I mean, New Jersey is the garden state, so we do have a fair amount of parks, but um, more specifically, like the Catskills are two hours away. The largest protected park in the lower 48, the Adirondacks is about four and a half hours north. Um, and the Jersey Shore is the lifeblood of New Jersey, and there's plenty to do there in terms of spearfishing, surfing, snorkeling, 
diving, so on and so forth. So I've always been very fortunate enough to have these places within you know a quick drive. I spent about 10 years working as a high school literature teacher. And uh, with my summers off, I kind of pursued t- expeditions on a teacher's budget, found creative ways to go outside and ultimately bring that back to the students that I served. But for me, like I kind of, not that I'm a climbing bum, but I've certainly spent many nights in a tent or sleeping out of my car just at different trailheads or beaches and things like that to you know, fully experience the outdoors. Yes. And you fully experience it because it's not like you're just into mountaineering. You love surfing as yes. much, don't you? Right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I actually just got off a flight from Puerto Rico because we're working with, uh, I'm taking high school students to Puerto Rico in April for a surf trip. And we're working with Surfrider Foundation, which okay. is a deep scientist that use different tools to analyze the health of the ocean. So just came back from a trip with them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nothing like having a cool place to go visit and make sure it's safe for everybody that's coming later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I love that. Okay, so where have you done expeditions in the past? So with students, uh, we say from the Adirondacks to Antarctica. Okay. So really all, all over. And for a while, for about 10 years, I put together these expeditions under the umbrella of the school that I worked at, which was in Jersey City. So again, the outdoors are after, often an afterthought. So a lot of the students that I served were from urban areas or suburban areas. So bringing, up to, bringing kids up to the Adirondacks was pretty transformative. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of those kids early on who did these treks and hikes in the Adirondacks and, Cat, and Catskills ultimately found themselves with me on mountains like Kilimanjaro or down in Peru on, on the Inca Trail or um, out in California on Mount Whitney. Um, so it's, it's really been all over. This past summer, um, I pulled off what was the most challenging and logistically complicated expedition to date with kids. We brought eight students, eight high school boys from all over the country on a human-powered traverse of the Hudson River. And it, we went from the, uh, the source point to the sea. So over the course of 15 days, students hiked, kayaked, canoed, rafted, even intertubed cycled and sea kayaked from the source point to the sea. And I looped in um, a couple environmental scientists and data scientists. One, this guy, Dr. Joe Dady, who's an environmental scientist up in the Adirondacks, and Dr. Tim Keyes, who's a data scientist out of Sacred Heart and Wake Forest. Um, And they showed the guys how to analyze the health of the river. It was an amazing expedition. Uh, I've never been more proud of a group of students. The days were long. There were our first hike day one was a 23 hour day and members of the team had to cowboy camp. And that was day one of, of 15. So you can imagine um, how challenging it was. And it was all via foot. And it was an itinerary and a route that had never really been done before um, with a group. Um, so we were really happy to, uh, to do it. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of coming off of that expedition and, and the hype and fire around that. Wow. Amazing. You guys filmed it too, right? Yes, we filmed it. So we, John Barnhart, um, who's an educator and explorer, um, whose background is perfect for the mission of Mountain Goat, um, joined us with three other filmmakers from Colorado. And we did a five minute video for each student specific to that student. And then we're producing a feature documentary that comes out in spring 2024, which will hopefully make its rounds across different film festivals and then the brands that supported us, like Arcteryx, Grail, Eastern Mountain Sports, um, Cavu, and some others. Amazing. 
What has been one of like the most challenging things about all of this, like putting it all of it together? Yeah. So I'm a one man team with Mountain Goat, one man full time. And it's been really challenging to kind of launch all of these different programs, Mm -hmm. like the Hudson River Expedition, for example. You know, we had to raise close to $100,000 just to make that expedition come to fruition, which included, you know, paying the filmmakers and guides. Supported, we supported four out of the eight students um, who came from, you know, who needed support funding. And so that was one trip of like 12 trips that I did that I had done over the last year, um, in addition to like film festivals and events and things like that. So it's been very challenging doing all this work as a one man team. And I'm hoping, like, even though we're young and grassroots and boots on the ground, I'm hoping that over the next several months we can continue to loop in more folks more mentors, explorers, educators to um, support getting students outside in meaningful ways. Mm, I love that. Okay, so you are you like 2024? Are you doing one big expedition to Antarctica or do you have other expeditions built into that year? Yes, we have a few. Um, okay. So the, the, the next big one is Kilimanjaro. Oh, yeah. June, which I know you're thinking of going there at some point next year again. So yeah, Kilimanjaro, like, so I guess I should backtrack, um, with mountain goat expeditions, like extended trips, I try to incorporate something beyond the actual adventure. Like we're trying to do something that's meaningful and long lasting. So for Kilimanjaro, and I'm sure a number of your listeners have been up Kili, which is a, a, a great challenge, but also one that's pretty accessible to most people. You know, water is always an issue on Kilimanjaro and the porters are lugging up these huge containers of water and they have to boil them. And there's like a pretty massive, extensive process for cleaning water on Kili. So our hope through this Kilimanjaro project in which we're bringing up students and some parents is to revolutionize the way that porters access water on the mountain. And so we're hoping to bring a number of water filters that can be used for porters and clients alike to support, you know, porters and all the weight that they already carry. Mm-hmm. And then we're also uh, going to sponsor two local Tanzania students. Mm. You know, a lot of Kilimanjaro fuels the economy in Tanzania. And um, sometimes, you know, younger people in Tanzania who want to become a porter and be a part of the Kilimanjaro experience don't have the means to go up the mountain and seek mentors. And so um, I'm working with different brand partners to sponsor two students from Tanzania to join our group of Americans on this climb um, and hopefully provide an opportunity for them to seek mentors through the porters that we work with. And then also most importantly, to kind of build relationships between our students and students in Africa. And as you well know, like we venture into these places and do these challenges um, ultimately to forge meaningful relationships that can last a lifetime. Yeah. So that that's, that's one that's upcoming. That's June, 2024. Yep. Going back to Puerto Rico in April to work with Surfrider Foundation, which is really exciting. And then um, taking a group to Antarctica in December 2024. Um, Kilimanjaro and Antarctica are both open to students and adults, like um, with the point, the emphasis being that we're trying to merge relationships of various ages and various backgrounds through these trips. Um, But I, you know, there's so much more beyond that. Like uh, this upcoming weekend, I'm taking. 10 students, 10 high school students from Jersey City up to the Adirondacks to do a few of the peaks up there, which already have snow. So we'll learn micro, how to use micro spikes, crampons, we'll learn how to filter water. 
Um, so, you know, two days, but it'll be a great two days of, of hopefully some good learning. No, it's amazing. Are you a nonprofit? Um, so we have a nonprofit scholarship okay. and the scholarship houses money that's specifically for low-income students and students who might need financial support for these trips and events. Okay. So Perfect. yeah, over the last uh, few years, we've been able to raise some money. It's never enough, but I think we were able to sponsor and we, I, <laughs> a lot of it, it's just me right now, but it's nice to say we, because there are a lot of volunteers and teachers and, and families who support but, you know, we I think over the last maybe 10 or 11 years, I've had uh, maybe uh, 25 students who are funded for various trips. One of whom actually kind of cool story. Um, last spring, um, the American Alpine Club hosted their annual dinner in New York City. Um, and Al Gore was one of the main presenters and um, Full Circle Everest was another uh, group of presenters. Um, and I got mm-hmm. to open um, for these folks because of my work with students. And I invited a student who now is a college graduate who came on two mountain goat movement trips and we sponsored him. He had lost his house when he was in high school. And so he kind of found reprieve through some of our trips and he was able to share his story with me on stage, which is awesome to kind of hear and see how adventure has impacted his life now as an adult. So it's, you know, as, as you know, Jen, like you never know where these, expeditions and outdoor outings can can take us in terms of our relationships. Right, right. It's amazing. And the impact, right? Like we never really fully understand the ripple effect of what happens, but I can be in the most random remote places and somebody will randomly know me and they'll say some story of something. You're like, oh my goodness. Okay, I'm going to keep on keeping on. Like this matters. So here we go. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so how do people listening get involved or help support or do things so that this movement continues to grow and expand and impact more youth? Thank you very much. So I guess the, you know, we have a website, mountaingoatmovement.com. We have an Instagram, YouTube, um, all that type of stuff. We are truly like boots on the ground, grassroots level. I'm beginning to partner with different schools which is great. So I always love connecting with educators and school administrators um, to find ways for Mountain Goat to serve as like the experiential learning arm for these communities. Um, We work with a lot of different outdoor brands. And what's nice is like these expeditions have have kind of served as like a a marketing arm for some of the outdoor brands. We're really Mm -hmm. getting after it and going into these places and, and using products. So always looking for support, whether it's just um, sharing what we do with others or financial support to support students on some of these incredible trips, which are really life-changing and leadership. You know, we're always looking for great mentors, educators, explorers, mountaineers, surfers, folks who really care about the outdoors, um, but even more importantly, care about imparting lessons of grit and stewardship and resiliency and resourcefulness onto the next generation. I love it. Okay. Thank you. So everybody heard, here's what we need to do. Here's why we participate. How many people are, are typically on each expedition? So like the one in April, yeah. how many are you looking for? The one in June, how many are you looking for? Yeah. So typically for, I guess, extended trips, we'll have groups of 10. So Kilimanjaro, we have about five folks signed up and we'll probably get another five to seven over the next couple of weeks. Puerto Rico trip, we have five students signed up looking for another five more. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, typically 10 for, for these domestic outings. Um, Antarctica is a little bit different. 
Yeah. We reserved a, a ton of permits um, with a partner company called Polar Latitudes. And so um, that's open to families and, you know, not truly an expedition in the sense that we're on a boat, but what's nice is like, we'll be on the landmass so people can camp cross-country ski, um, do Zodiac tours, just experience this incredibly wild place. And then hopefully, you know, leverage it for, for, you know, getting more low-income students on, onto like a trip like Antarctica, which, you know, would be totally transformative. And, you know, thinking about a trip like that, or like, the water quality study that we did on the Hudson River. I'm really trying to create these experiences where, you know, students can learn so much about water in the natural world through their environmental science course or through a humanities course. But it's another thing to go out into the world and actually experience these things. Wow. That's amazing. And what does an expedition cost? Like the three that you have coming up for 2024? So it ranges. I think the uh, Puerto Rico trip is... Uh, uh, 2,800 okay. per student. Kilimanjaro is about five. And then Antarctica is a tricky one. They kind of, you know, the, the ship, the, our partner company sets prices um, and mm-hmm. waiver from those prices. So it's anywhere from like $7,000 to $14,000. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I, like so much of like beyond that, like which those are the more complicated and, and difficult ones to pull off are like these weekend or like two, three, um, day long trips to the Catskills, to the Adirondacks. And those, you know, I try to keep below a thousand dollars, try to make it affordable and accessible. Yeah, no, I love it. What else should we be asking? Like, tell me something that I haven't asked to get everybody excited about this and participate. Yeah, man. What else should we be at? Well, it's funny. Um, thinking about Seek Your Summit, yeah. our mission is actually find your peak. So very, I love it. very similar mission there. And, you know, uh, we kind of, the guy who came up with our mission, his name is Grady Breen. He's a, an educator down in Maryland. Uh, one of my best friends who's been a part of Mountain Goat and, and helping me build this thing out. Um, but we chose Find Your Peak because it kind of describes this idea of like, you know, pursue the things that give you joy and are challenging and then go beyond what you think is possible, which I'd imagine is based on some of the speakers you've had on your podcast is similar in alignment to Seek Your Summit. So yeah, we, we, we talk a lot about like finding your peak with the kids. We speak a lot about, I, as a high school literature teacher, um, I spent a lot of time teaching the hero's journey, which is this idea that every young person has to go out, leave their place of comfort or home and embark on a quest and conquer literal or metaphorical monsters only to be you know, transformed and return home anew and ultimately and hopefully be better servants of their community. So it's funny enough, my family's actually Greek and Odysseus uh, set sail from the island of Ithaca, which is one of 2000 Greek islands. Um, I taught the Odyssey and strangely enough, my uh, mom's side of the family is all from this small island of Ithaca, which in many ways is the birthplace of adventure. So last March, I had this amazing opportunity to go to Greece and I made a 15 minute short film about the importance, well, kind of like merging the synergies of storytelling, the hero's journey, adventure, and how these worlds can merge through the mission of Mountain Goat Movement. So that film, I produced that with Cavu, and it comes out in the springtime as well. But I've taken that idea of, of speaking about the hero's journey, and I've given a lot of different presentations at high schools and colleges, um, trying to inspire the next generation to 
leave their place of comfort, go out on this epic quest, um, ultimately to find themselves new, improved, and hopefully better um, servants of their community. So I think with Mountain Goat Movement, what is most important is ensuring that these adventures extend beyond just the adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's, you you often see this in the adventure and exploration space. Like it's very easy to like go out and kind of do your own thing. And I've done many like personal expeditions and things like that. But I think what's been immensely life-giving and rewarding is looping in young people into these projects, into these trips and seeing how it transforms them um, and ultimately the communities that they serve. It's so good. It's so exciting. I know how important it is for me to get away and unplug and be on these adventures and just be with myself and understand myself in these significant environments where I'm insignificant. Mm. And then coming back and just being able to like slow down, right? I think life gets so fast, especially in the cities that we're in and everything else like that, that we forget there's another gear. There's another speed that we can do things at. And sometimes actually going slow allows us to go fast mm. at other times. Yes. Pole, pole, as they say. On- pole, pole. Yes. And kili, kili. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 100%. Oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah. I-, I think we all need it. And like, you know, we're at such a critical time now in our culture where um, we're having all these conversations around mental health and grit and resiliency. And we're talking about community. Um, and, you know, I think for a lot of young people, like they hear these things on podcasts, they read them in their books, they hear them in the classroom. But in reality, you know, are, are these things actually practiced um, outside of the home? And so I, I'm hoping that Mountain Goat, as small and grassroots as we are, can fill that need as much as we can. Um, and hopefully there's continues to be, like you mentioned, this idea of a ripple effect where um, we continue to have these conversations that many of which you've been fostering through Seek Your Summit and your work. Um, your work that has inspired me. And then in turn, you know, I can hopefully inspire a young person through my work. And I think, you know, continuing to provide a space like this has incredible, um, you know, rewards to it where, you know, we can really kind of change society and culture around um, value systems that we continue to cultivate and put out into the, into the larger world. Yeah. And just, like, I think a lot of times we get caught into what it means in our head. Mm. We don't quite understand what it means in our body. Yeah. And so when we learn how to feel it and work through it and understand, oh, fear in the boardroom is the same thing as fear on the mountain. Mm. Once I learn how to conquer it on the mountain, I know how to conquer it in the boardroom. Mm. Yeah. And I really find have found like, oh, I, I thought they would be such different journeys because I've built a company and now I've climbed these mountains. And when I reflect back on it, it's... It's the same core principles, just in another experience and another way to live them and abide by whatever your value system is. So it's been really fun for me to see that unfold. And that's why I'm taking my boys to Kelly so they can feel it, not just think it. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Yes, absolutely. Amen to that. Like I've always thought that uh, adventure kind of allows us to shoulder the burdens of life. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like when when we intentionally put ourselves in places that are difficult and unpredictable, we can look back on those experiences and hopefully, you know, take those experiences and those lessons learned and translate them into the real world application where, you know, aspects of the human condition are inescapable for all of us. But if we go out and experience the world and these challenges, perhaps we can shoulder the burdens of 
of the human condition with a bit more dignity and, and heads held high. And I think, you know, talking about like this, this Hudson river trip where guys experienced some really brutal days, like 18 hour long bike rides in the rain and things like that. And these are 16 year olds. And, you know, it amazed me because I think like a lot of my friends wouldn't want to do something like this, but these young kids are doing it and they're coming back and they're probably looking at, you know, the boredom of math class a little bit differently, or maybe instead of hitting the snooze button three or four times, they're waking up right at, right out of the gate. And so I think, you know, adventure has the ability to do that for us. Like it, it can change anyone's mindset. Definitely. All right. How do we find you? Where do we go? Sounds good. Tell us all the websites. Sure. Um, so yes, you can learn more about Mountain Goat Movement um, on our website, mountaingoatmovement.com. Um, we're on Instagram, Mountain Goat Movement. My name's Greg Morrissey. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. Um, but uh, yeah, really look forward to connecting with all of your life-loving listeners and, and folks who resonate with uh, all the themes and values that um, we uphold in Seeker Summit and with Mountain Goat Find Your Peak. So I, I really appreciate it, Jan. Oh, it's so good, Greg. Keep doing this work. It gets me so excited. It makes me want to make more possible. So thank you. <laughs> Amen. Thank you so much.